Hey everyone, this is your girl Anquanise Pleasant, and you're tuning in to the Generation of Curse Breakers podcast. Okay, everybody. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Generation of Curse Breakers. Um, today is a very um, big topic to me. Um, so today we are going to talk about part two of the silent killer. Um, first and foremost, my name is Anquanise Pleasant. I am the visionary and CEO of the Generation of Curse Breakers. And today we have a special guest, my leader um, of imagery. The C- oh, let me, oh let, me, let me clear it up real quick for y'all. <clears throat> my leader, the CEO of Accents, the CEO of imagery minister in training mercedes uh, we have been knowing each other since <laughs> we have been knowing each other since sixth grade for her and seventh grade for me so it's crazy how you reconnect with people when you get reconnected um so i'm going to let her tell a little bit about herself and then we'll get straight into the conversation all right like she said, my name is Mercedes. I am 23 years old. I am the founder uh, and leader of Imagery Prophetic Dance Ministry. I am also the CEO of Access by Mercy. And I'm just super excited to be here. I love God and I am called according to his purpose. And I can't wait to talk about the silent killer today. Okay, so um, we're going to do something a little different today um, with the Silent Killer Part 2. So if you haven't caught Part 1, you can just type in the Generation of Curse Breakers on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and Anchor FM. And you can listen to Part 1 and all of the other previous um, podcasts we have did. So on part one, I basically uh, did a podcast by myself and I basically was talking about um, what this quarantine is doing for people. Um, It is basically, I personally believe that um, this year was the year of revealing and removing the veil and the mass of people. Um, People literally have to deal with themselves in the house now and they're starting to see stuff that they need to heal about and all these different things, emotions, depression, domestic violence is up, um, child abuse is up. Everything is so chaotic, but I think this is a great time to talk about those things that are a silent killer. Um, The silent killer can be anything that you are not speaking about and dealing with within and dealing with on the outside also. Um, so this uh, podcast, we will be talking about um, sexual assault. It is sexual assault awareness. And yes. um, we definitely want to touch on that subject. And we will also be talking about the mental mentality that people are going through, which yes. can be a silent killer. So, um, to start it off, hey Kim, hey Javelin, hey Miranda, hi Marcus. Um, so to talk, to start it off, um, we will basically go into three sections. We will talk about the awareness of sexual assault, and we will also talk about um, being a person on the outside and being knowing somebody that has went through sexual assault and being a person of support in that time. And we will also talk about the mindset of after that incident has happened to that victim. Um, I really want us to take the time to listen to the heart of the people. Um, If you have any questions that you may have about sexual assault or anything that we talk about, you can definitely comment. I have um, my phone up so I can see the questions and we can get it rolling. So let's dig right in. So the first question I want to ask Mercedes is what what does um, sexual assault, I mean, I'm sorry, how does sexual assault affect the person after the incident has happened? I believe that there is more than one way that it can affect a person. There are some people who uh, immediately shut down, um, immediately go into complete silence, um, immediately stop responding uh, emotionally. They become callous. Um, they become numb. And then there are others who quickly become promiscuous. Um, 
And I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've seen it happen where one person completely shut down and completely went callous. And then I've also seen it where uh, a person literally became promiscuous or started to deal with identity uh, confusion and wondering whether or not they wanted um, the opposite sex or the same sex. Okay. So when a person is dealing with sexual assault, um, what is one of the main things that a person needs to do immediately? Um, how, like, what is the main thing mm -hmm. that needs to occur as soon as this incident happens? I believe that one of the main things that needs to occur is process. Process your thoughts, process your emotions, feel what it is that just happened. And a lot of times we want to ignore what just happened or we want it to go away or we want to pretend as if it didn't happen. And it's important to process your emotions, process your feelings. What you just experienced was real. And then you need to immediately contact somebody. And we don't need to go into silence. I know that a lot of times we go into shock, but it's very important to process what you just went through, what you just experienced. I know it's difficult. It gets hard because you don't want to talk about it. You feel embarrassed. You feel ashamed. But you have to process your emotions. You have to process your feelings. You have to process uh, your body, your physical body. What just happened, it has to all catch up. You have to process what you just went through. Okay. Um, so what does it mean to be a victim of sexual assault? What does it mean to be a victim of sexual assault? It means, I can tell you what it doesn't mean. Okay, we can go there. It doesn't mean it's the end for you. Um, it doesn't mean it was your fault. It doesn't mean you are useless. Um, it doesn't mean you are thrown away. It doesn't mean you are garbage. What it means is you now have a story. What it means is you have a testimony. What it means is you are now, um, you've now entered into a different phase of your life in which you have to step into recovery for something that you should have never had to recover from. So being a person from the inside in looking in, how can that person help support a person that goes through sexual assault? I can say that I've been on both sides of it. I can say that I've been on both sides of it. I've been the person who was assaulted. I've been the person who's seen someone um, or who had to help someone who's been assaulted. Um, and I've been someone who was told the story. Um, so I've seen all aspects of it, but I will tell you from the perspective of someone trying to help someone, the best thing that you can do is be there. Sometimes it's difficult for them to talk. It's difficult for them to try to explain what they feel. Um, and you can never tell a person. One of the things I can't stand is to tell a person that you understand what they feel. I can't stand for a person to say, I feel you. I get what you're going through. I understand. But here's the thing. All of us, even though, even if you experience what they experience, even if you went through what they went through, everybody processes things differently. Everybody feels things differently. So it's not that you tell them that you understand what they've been through. It's not that you tell them, I understand. I know what you feel. No, you don't. No, you don't because you're not them. And so what you have to do is learn how to just be there. Sometimes it's just being there for a person. Sometimes it's just praying for a person. Sometimes it's staying on the phone when they can't fall asleep because they are afraid. Sometimes it's simply calling them or checking on them or texting them. Sometimes they don't want to leave the house yeah. and it's simply bringing them groceries, different things like that. You just have to be aware of how they need to be cared for and it's not that you understand you don't necessarily have to understand what somebody is going through to help them through it i definitely agree with that um i have definitely been on the spectrum of uh being that support system for people that have dealt with sexual assault and one thing i can say um it's kind of like they go through the um grieving stage to yes. me you have the stage of mourning you have the stage of anger then you have the stage of forgiveness yes. and then you you've realized that this situation has either changed them for the good or the bad yes and i think what people lack is um allowing people to go through that process of healing yes they one thing that i can't stand for a person to say is oh you need to get, get over, over it, it. 
Do not say get over it to those people because what you're doing is they are already blaming. Nine times out of ten, they are blaming themselves for this situation happening. And I think we need to be a little bit more sensitive to situations like this because we never know what that person is mentally thinking and how they're feeling. They may have told 10 people and 10 people may have not done anything, Mm -hmm. but now you're the 11th person that they have ran into and you have did the same thing. So now you're adding more damage upon what has happened with the incident. Yes. Um, how would you, how would you say your process of healing was, what was your, what was your process of healing in the mind first? Healing in the mind. I would say that it definitely was a long process. And I'm talking about years, um, years process of healing in the mind. And and one of the things that we have to be careful of is uh, some people may have already been dealing with mental agony, mental distress, mental disorder. They already probably had mental health issues before anything happened to them. A lot of times we like to believe that trauma brought on the mental issue when nine times out of 10, all it did was was exacerbated. All it did was make it more prominent. Um, a lot of times they already probably had something mentally going on. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that we have to stop doing is elate everything to trauma or, or say, oh, this is because of this happened. Nine times out of 10, all it did was make it bigger. Um, all it did was magnify the problem. There was already an issue mentally. There was already low self-esteem. There was already insecurity. There was already depression. There was already anxiety. And what this did was magnify the problem. It made the problem bigger. It made the problem more noticeable now. And so I believe that in my childhood, I probably was already having some anxiety issues. I probably was already struggling a little bit with depression. And so when things started to escalate as far as sexual assault is concerned, it definitely started to trigger these things and make these things come more, um, become more noticeable um, and more out in the open. And so, yes, it was a, it was a process of healing, but it definitely um took longer than it had to because there were already things going on that hadn't been dealt with. Yes. Um, so I believe that everybody's process of healing looks a little bit different. Everybody's process process of healing is, is longer or shorter than the other. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily your job to judge whether or not the person needs to heal in a certain amount of time. Um, I believe that when you tell a person to get over something, when you tell the person get over it, you're causing them to want to speed up their recovery process when they didn't ask to be in a recovery process. They didn't ask to be in the recovery room. Yes. They didn't ask to have the surgery. And I think um, to piggyback back off of the uh, recovery room, a lot of people need to understand there are like in the hospital, there are certain procedures that you have to go through when you're visiting somebody in the recovery room. And I feel like that's the same thing. Um, And sometimes it depends on how severe the surgery or whatever it is. Um, for example, I knew somebody that had a blood inflect- infection. You cannot go in there with your regular clothes. You have to use PP- PPE, which yes. is protection. What does the PPE stand for? Oh, I, 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 I don't know. But y'all get what we said. Protective equipment. So, um, so with those things, we have to put on the gown. We have to put on the the head cap. You have to put gloves on. You have to sometimes put something over your face. You have to take that scenario as serious as you did in the hospital as you do with people lives. Yes. I don't think people understand how serious it is when you're going through something like sexual assault, suicide, depression, yes. um, homelessness, rejection. All of those things are things that can put a person in recovery and you never know how long that person has to be in there because you don't know how serious Mm -hmm. the surgery was and the recovery sometimes take longer than the surgery absolutely absolutely so i just want to put that out there we need to be a little bit more sensitive about um the way we handle people Mm -hmm. extend the same grace that you wanted when you were going through your mess What I want to say is when you said be sensitive and be careful with the way we handle people, the issue with us today is we don't really have respect for humankind as a whole. Whether or not they have been through anything, whether or not they're going through anything, whether or not they were sexually assaulted, depressed, whatever the case may be, if you had respect and honor for human 
kind as it is, you would already know to be kind to people. You would already know to be nice to people. It doesn't have to take them going through something for you to treat them the way they should already have been treated. And so that's one of the things that we have to work on as humans, as Christians, as anybody. You have to be more careful the way you treat people. The Bible says honor all men. Yes. It doesn't say honor some people. It doesn't say honor people who have gone through things. It doesn't say honor the people who have gone through war. It doesn't say honor the elders because they have wisdom. It says honor all people. Yes. Sorry, I'm saying. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, being a person um, dealing with sexual assault, what was the hardest thing besides healing? Of course, that's one of the hardest parts. Um, what was the hardest thing you have to do when? After that incident, the hardest thing I'd have to do, I had to do was actually deal with the problem and tell somebody. Um, The thing with me is it took me years. I won't even lie. It took me years to even tell my mother that this happened to me. Um, The hardest thing is stating it out of your mouth sometimes like I think that was a hard part for me is actually being able to voice it this happened to me um the the the, I was one of the people um if I'm being honest I was one of the people that shut down that didn't want to talk about it that didn't want to even admit that it happened to me I was honestly I believe living in denial about the whole situation Um, Because I didn't want to admit not only to myself, but to other people that it actually happened. So it took me years to open up my mouth and say, this actually happened to me. This it took me years to process or to be able to even confront the person. Um, And, 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 you know, for some people, the, the hardest part is. Getting getting back normal or getting back to the place of normality or not. Or being able to actually talk to people again. But for me, the hardest part was actually admitting that it happened to anybody. I mean, I'm talking about I didn't tell I didn't tell anybody for at least 10 years. At least 10 years. So one thing I, I do know that when um, incidents and trauma happen in people life, um, if it takes you a long time to come out about it, it has now grown roots yes and since it has now grown roots now we have to go all the way back to when it first happened because when it first happened it's now grown the roots so deep yes and we have to dig those roots up in order to move on with it so with pulling up those roots and actually dealing with it Mm -hmm. what is one thing you can give advice to somebody that's actually trying to heal over sexual assault confront it when it happens Save yourself a whole lot of torment. Save yourself a whole lot of hurt. Save yourself a whole lot of depression. Save yourself a whole lot of anxiety. You save yourself from not being able to get married. You save yourself from not being able to uh, enjoy certain relationships. You save yourself from a lot of fear. You save yourself from so much hurt, so much bondage. Living as a slave to somebody else, you save yourself if you confront it when it happens. And I'm not saying that you won't go through, that you won't experience pain. I'm not saying that you won't experience hurt. But what I'm saying is you save yourself a whole lot more of it if you confront it when it first happens. Because if you if you just sit and let years go by, if you sit and let time go by and you're secretly dealing with this, anytime you're secretly dealing with something, it'll make you sick physically. Yes. If yes. you're dealing with something mentally, if you're dealing with something emotionally and you hold on to that thing, I guarantee it's going to start causing your body to respond. And what a lot of people don't know is um, nine times out of ten, um, us holding on to things and keeping things in the inside, that is one of the main causes of getting chronic diseases. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize that because our bodies are actually made to heal itself. <laughs> so if we are holding on all of this stuff Ooh, and we're laying there. No, I'm being real. <laughs> our bodies is definitely meant to heal itself. So if you're laying there. Um, for example, um, I had a lot of unforgiveness. I had a lot of rejection. I had a lot of anger inside of me. And I dealt with asthma. But then as soon as as soon as soon I go away to college and I'm starting to deal with those things even more because I'm now alone, now you diagnose me with lupus. It's different things that people don't realize that, that ties to 
what we want to say natural diseases mm -hmm. and um with sexual assault what i have noticed a lot is when people finally open their mouth about it yes one thing that irritates me about it is people say so why were you how were you in that predicament for that to happen were you wearing the wrong clothes were you around too many men were you walking by yourself at night what what did you do in order for this to happen to you and we need to stop that because at the end of the day it was not your fault never is it's never your fault and somebody had told me a long time ago that um people that hurt you didn't sometimes didn't really mean didn't to hurt mean you to. they sometimes they really honestly don't know like they and and everybody I can't, I'm not, that hurt you did not mean yes. to i know who told yes. me that because they told me <laughs> <laughs> but everybody if, that hurt you i believe that yes I, I definitely do believe that but what i want us to do is take this awareness and be open to listening to the hearts of the people that have went through it um be open to find those resources to help anybody mm-hmm um, I would say, honestly, and I'm not sure if you were going here, but I just got the revelation of the fact that it actually is indeed a hard generational curse to break because of Come the on. fact because of the fact that the reason why they even sexually assaulted you was probably because it was done to them. Let's get into it. Come on. It probably was done to them, and that's probably the reason why they even felt comfortable doing it to you. How, how do you feel comfortable touching somebody else uh, inappropriately when they didn't ask for it unless it was done to you? Unless your rights were taken from you, you never feel appropriate. You never feel that bold or that confident to do it to somebody else unless it was done to you. And that's the reason why it's a generational curse that ties back <laughs> <laughs> that ties back years and years and years. And it all, you know, honestly, I would like to say that a lot of it ties back to slavery. Ah, come on. If you want to go there, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> a lot of it ties back to slavery because. <laughs> All right. Listen, that's this is the reason why we are struggling and dealing with some of the things that we're dealing with today. And I'm not talking I'm not even talking about slavery that was in 1619. I'm talking about slavery and not only in the mind, but slavery that was done in biblical times. I'm talking about slavery that was done before we were here. This this type of slavery caused people to you see uh, in many in the in the story, I want to say in Genesis, they were sleeping with each other. They brother and sister, cousins, aunties, uncles, they were sleeping with each other. A lot of the stuff that we go through today is simply generational curses from the lineage of biblical times. And that's what that's the biggest point that this podcast is trying to make. I'm not making a statement about generational curse in our bloodline. I'm making a state about generational curse of generations. 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 And one thing I have learned over the past years, God is a God of generations. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand that. Just because it didn't happen in your family, yes. it was a generational thing that we need to break. And even though we are new creatures in Christ, we still need to deal with those things because at the end of the day, guess what? We're still human. Yes. We're and still we still human. have Adamic nature. Yes. We still have to deal with our Adamic nature. We still have to deal with our flesh. And at the end of the day, what no matter what they did to you, no matter how they hurt you, you cannot tell a person to bounce back from that. You cannot tell the person to get over that because it still is something that you had to deal with in, in three different areas and four different areas. You had to deal with it emotionally. You had to deal with it mentally. You had to deal with it physically and you had to deal with it spiritually. Yes. You always have to deal with it in four different areas. So, yes, it's difficult for you to overcome something overnight because you have to maybe the first day you process it emotionally. And then the second day you have to process it mentally. Yes. And then the third day, all oh, your body begins to respond. And then the fourth day you say, hold on, wait a minute. Where was God? So in all of this, it takes a while to process. So we cannot give people a time limit on how they heal. So we have we have a um, question from our audience. This is a two part question. Um, so is this a generational curse that can be broken? All generational curses can be broken. I'm a firm believer in that. All generational curses can be broken. As long as we are still living in the earth, there is still time for a chance break. So how do we approach tackling these this curse? How do we approach it? The first way to approach it. And I think I said this earlier was address it. 
a lot of things are not being addressed. And that's why I love this podcast. That's why I love the fact that we even have generational curse breakers, because this is the generation that is okay with speaking out about certain things. Yes. I know that I know that there were other people in my family that dealt with or other people in your family or other people in, in our in the generation that came before us that dealt with the same stuff that dealt with the same stuff that we've been talking about over the last couple of months. But they've never spoken about it out loud. And so the first thing that we have to learn how to do is address it. And then the second thing that we have to learn how to do is take action behind it. We have to learn how to get people involved. How in the world do we make this a movement? How do we address certain situations um, in in homes where we can tell the different signs? Understand you have to do research. So we have to know the different signs when somebody is being sexually assaulted. What are the signs of a young girl being molested? What are the signs of a young man being molested? I'll tell you this when they potty trained and they start peeing in the bed. <laughs> Let's be honest. No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one real. of the signs. So we have to understand, we have to do our research. So the first thing is we have to address it. Secondly, we have to understand the research behind it and what, what type of signs follow those who don't want to necessarily speak out. And how do we get them to feel okay and feel comfortable being you know, in the situation that they're in and being vocal about it. That's the word I'm looking for. How do we make them okay with being vocal about what it is that they're experiencing? Because yes, they were threatened. Yes, they were. All of them are threatened. If you do this, I'm going to tell this. Not only that, I think we also need to um, listen to people when they tell us stuff. And when I say that, it's, for example, um, one somebody that I was really close to, she didn't feel comfortable around a certain person. Mm. And me and my friend was talking like, why don't she ever feel, when this person come in, she leave. Mm -hmm. And those are signs in itself um, because I honestly believe that some people, like you said, are threatened and the threats be so heavy on them that they're actually scared. If they will do this to me, I know that they will do that to whoever they threaten against me. So we have to go into that mind of, like you said, researching and paying attention. I think that is one of the big problems with um, this generation and the last generation, especially the last generation. Um, They did not pay enough attention. Um, there was there were signs. There were literally signs. Or if they did notice something, they didn't know how to speak on it because they're still dealing with themselves. So I think <laughs> when you are when you are a victim of sexual assault, you can smell it a mile away when somebody else has yes, went through can. it. Yes, they can. don't even have to say nothing. Their it's posture, the way they it. talk, the way they are they're closed off during certain conversations. People can notice those things and we need to be more aware. Absolutely. And if you are a person that had a child that went through sexual assault and you did and you're still dealing with it, go back to that moment when it actually happened. What were the signs that you showed and try to show comparisons of it to make sure that your kids aren't going through the same thing that you did? As we stated, this is a generational curse. So with that generational curse, silence, which is why the podcast is called Silent Killer, uh-huh. um, the silence is so loud that it it's silent. I don't know if that makes sense. It, no, it does. I'm, I'm, I'm about to help. Go ahead. I'm done. Okay, so <laughs> I, this is what I've been dying to say over here. I'm itching. One thing that I've learned about the devil, one thing that I've learned about Satan is he wants to be like God so bad. So bad. He wants to do everything like God so bad. So just as God operates in generations, so does he. And so the reason why a lot of our parents didn't have time or didn't have uh, didn't pay enough attention to the fact that we were dealing with what we were dealing with is when we were dealing with what we were dealing with. They had their own personal issues. They had their own problems. They were so focused on their lives that the lives of their children were unimportant. Why? Because so many so many parents have this false idea that children don't children don't have a life until a certain. I know y'all heard y'all parents say that because I've heard my mother say it. Uh, y'all, you don't have a life until you turn 18 you don't have a life until you turn 21 or you you don't have any emotions right and so <laughs> what they did what they did for a very long time is they focused on their own life 
because the enemy likes to operate in generations. So the same in the same time that you were dealing with the sexual assault and the molestation and the rape and all of the things, the enemy has to try to make something happen in your mother's life so that she can stop paying attention to it, so that she can stop looking at all of the signs because it's the same thing that her mother did. Stop paying attention to the signs. And it's the same mother that the grandmother. It's the same thing that the grandmother did. And so it goes generation to generation, just like God. He wants to be like God so bad in such a nasty way. Every single thing that the enemy does is simply to do uh, what God does. Yep. To go into this also with it. Um, there is a thin line between knowing yes and not knowing <laughs> um <laughs> if you are present for anything that has to do with a uh, sexual thought you at that moment can be the vouch for that person and when i say the vouch i mean if this person is scared to speak out mm -hmm. you need to be that person that motivates them to speak out Absolutely. not only that you probably need the per need to be the person to actually say it and what I'm going with this is this. If you know that this has happened to any one of your kids or any one of your family members, there should not be, well, we're not going to deal with this right now. We're yes. just going to exile them from the family and they can't come around anymore. <laughs> no, you're going to jail. <laughs> you're going to jail. You will be dealt with in the correct manner. Yes. Because now you have either distorted this child's adult teen life to a point where now I have to rebuild them and get them back to a place where they feel safe yes. because after that has happened to you you don't feel safe anywhere anywhere at all it's a dysfunction that we have in the black household yes it's a dysfunction what happens in this house stays in this house no, that's not. dysfunction sweeping things under the rug that's dysfunction Telling them not to tell anybody, that's dysfunction. The minute we start dealing with things is the minute things start to be broken. Yes. The minute we start speaking out, this is exactly why the Bible says life and death lies in your tongue. Because the minute you start speaking out about things, guess what happens? You live and whatever the plan the enemy had has to die. Life and death lies in your tongue. Your life lies in your tongue and death to the plans of the enemy is in your tongue. Period. I'm yeah. done. Period. I guess, I, <laughs> Period. I don't, I don't even got nothing to say after that. You might as well continue preaching. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. I'm <laughs> no, just saying. You're speaking, you're speaking truth though. We it, have it, to it, understand it. what it means to actually speak out things. When you start to talk about things, it takes so much of the weight off of your shoulders. Yeah. It takes so much of the clutter out of your head. The reason why some of us are overthinkers is simply because every single time we have a thought and, and, and we don't want to speak it, it's because of something that happened in your childhood. Whoever tried to shut you up is still still has your mind in bondage. Whoever tried to tell you that your thoughts and your opinions were not good enough still has you in bondage, still has you in slavery. And that's why every time you overthink, you can't get a business idea out. You can't get a strategy. You can't write a sermon. You can't do anything because you're stuck in the mind of somebody else. In the mind of somebody else. Seriously. We got to get out of the control of other people. I'm going to let you no, talk. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. We, we, have to, we do, though. We have to get out of the control of other people. What I've learned even about sexual assault and molestation is we're so busy, um, trying to avoid the issue or trying to avoid the person that we're not dealing with what's going on in here. We're not dealing with all of the mental chaos that it literally is destroying you for years to come. Satan is very smart. I don't know why people call him dumb. Satan is smart because everything he tries to do is try to be a duplicate, uh, basically a duplicate of God. He can't. He's not even on the same level as God, but we what we have to understand is his tactics and his and his plans and his and his strategies. The reason the reason why we will never accomplish anything, the reason why we can't get anything done is because we don't have a strategy. And Satan does. 
when you get a plan in place, when you get a strategy, when you decide to start dealing with what's going on in here, when you decide to start dealing what they did to you, when you deal with it, that's when things start to unravel. That's when things start to break open. And everything that the enemy planned to destroy your life, it has to break. And since we are on the mind, let's um, go ahead and shift over to um, what is really going on with people during this time also. Um, one thing I have noticed is if you are a person that is always in your head, it's not a good thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not a good thing because now, now you start to talk yourself either out of stuff or in some stuff. Or you start doing stuff that you ain't going to be doing because you're bored. <laughs> Um, the mind is a very powerful thing, and I don't think people understand. I think that's the second most powerful thing we have as humans versus the mouth, and I believe it's the, the mind next because whatever you think, it it will come to it will come to pass. You have mm-hmm. to be careful what you think. So if I'm constantly thinking, you know what, I ain't going to never get a job after this quarantine. I'm just so depressed and all mm-hmm. this and that. You're thinking that in your head, as and then you wake up thinking, so is he. So is he. That's 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 the truth. That's how I feel. We have to when we're in a when we're in this quarantine, we're in this place. And, you know, since this generation of curse breakers, I'm going to go ahead and be real honest, real transparent. Um, When I was when I was in self quarantine, I had to be completely away from people as a whole because I was actually diagnosed with COVID-19 and I actually did deal with it. I actually did have all of the symptoms. Um, And so I had to be away by myself. People had to leave things on my doorstep. I couldn't have any human contact besides FaceTime and and um, calls and things like that. It was very difficult. It was very difficult not to be around the people that I love. It was very difficult. And especially for a person who has the love language of physical touch, it's very hard not to be around people or not be able to love people um, and and touch people and things like that. Um, So it's very hard. and, And it's a a struggle that you have to deal with when you're by yourself. When you're by yourself, problems, things, issues, situations, yep. insecurities magnify. Yes. They become bigger. bigger than what they really are. They become louder. It seems like the enemy's voice becomes a, so much louder when you by yourself than when you got friends around. Yes. When you get by yourself, it's like, man, let me play with this girl mine. <laughs> No, seriously. And people don't understand that the mind is is the devil's playground, if you really want to be honest about it. Um, I have been reaching out to a lot of different people to check on them because I know that this this can be a hard time for people. People are losing their jobs. You have single people by themselves that don't have kids or you have single mothers doing doing homeschooling and working from home. You have people just on disability, not getting their checks. You yes. have so much going on and it can put you into a such a depressed place. Yes. And when that does come upon you, now you have to get up. Mm-hmm. You have to get up and do something. I don't care if you walk around the house 10 times. You need to get up and do something. Get out the house. Walk around the block. Yeah. You, there are many different things that you can do to clear your mind. They're giving out free classes that you can take online. Listen. Um, there's a lot of books that you've been wanting to read. Start that business. You getting this stimulus check. Come on. $1,200. It don't cost nothing to start a business. Let's get it. You have all of these outlets to do it. Use this time to eat. It's a lot of things that you can do, but mainly deal with yourself. Yes. Deal with yourself in that moment. And I think people really need to get into the mindset of this will pass. We will get through this. Yes. But we also need to take this time and take heed to this time and deal with what is in our mind. Because we are out here going to work every day. This is our only contact with people is work. Some people live for going to work because that makes them happy. Yes. And now that they're stuck in the house, they don't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. That was only their form of conversation sometimes. So I think that we need, to, we as a people need to understand that um, being muted for so long mm-hmm. can either put you into a depressed place yes. or it can take you out of here. Yes. Let's just be totally transparent. So I believe that, um, 
we as a whole, as a community, need to come together and lift each other up during this time. So what are some ways that you fought through that mindset while you were sick? How, what are some of the ways I fought through the mindset? Um, a couple of the ways I fought through the mindset was um, prayer. Definitely prayer. And I know that that sounds very cliche, but when I tell you prayer is the thing that gets you through a lot of things, even if you feel like you cannot pray, especially when you feel like you cannot pray, especially when you feel like I don't have language for prayer. I don't know what to do. That's when that's really when. Um, your true prayer life comes out is when you don't feel like you have enough courage to go and talk to God. Yeah. Because everything in you has to really desire relationship. Everything in you has to really desire help. And for some of us, the, the way that we even got a relationship with God, with God is because we need help. Yeah. For most of us, for all of us, really. The way that you got the relationship was because you decided that you needed help so bad. You didn't have no other choice but to go to God. Yes. And so, yes, it was it was prayer that got me through. I'm a creative and I know that it's difficult for a lot of creatives. Um, that's one of the most difficult uh people right now, if you will. That's the, the, those are the people that are struggling the most right now is creatives. Creatives are struggling heavy right now um, because I'm a dancer. So I needed, imagine, because um, you know, you got so many people that's been going on live and doing all of this stuff, but imagine me not having the lung capacity to do that. So it was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle. I'm seeing I'm seeing my my teammates. I'm seeing my people getting up and going and dancing and doing and having such a good time. Um, even in quarantine, they were finding ways to make themselves useful. They were finding ways to get off the couch and be creative. And I couldn't even do that. So it was very difficult for me because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't even some days I couldn't even get out of the bed. So it was very, very difficult for me to deal with that. And, and sometimes what I had to do was write. And so writing is one of the things that helped me a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and, and I started coming up with different business ideas. I started coming up with I think I, I done wrote a whole movie by now. <laughs> I think I done wrote a whole movie. When I tell y'all, I sat and watched every single Marvel movie there was. I start having dreams about Thor. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you. So I'm telling you, there were there were different ways that I dealt with it. But I would say one of the different ways that I definitely dealt with it was the axe method. The axe method has gotten me through so much. It's a prayer method that we use called that called the axe method. Um, and what it is is acknowledging or um, uh, admiring God. That's the A. And then the C is confession confess to God. Um, and then the T is thanksgiving. Thank God. And then the S is supplication. Begin to pray. And so that helped me a whole lot in my writing. I would just be sitting there writing A, C, T, S, and then having blocks filled out where I can put different things. When I tell you, you become creative, when there's nothing for you to do, if you're a creative, you always have a plan. Yes. You always have a strategy. You always have an idea. If you're a creative, everything that you have, you can use. Yeah. Your mind, your hand, your move, your voice, everything that you have becomes then your creativity. Yes. And I think the hardest thing for me was I didn't necessarily have the space to dance. I just didn't have the, um, the space to dance and nor did I have the encouragement to dance I kind of found myself a little leery in this whole this whole quarantine thing because it was just like okay I miss my students I miss teaching my students at the studio I miss um making choreography up for other people I miss doing the podcast yes. and actually sitting with my guests the last podcast we couldn't do because it was four couples plus me and we didn't have a big enough space. Yeah. And that's when the quarantine was really hitting hard. So that kind of made me feel <laughs> Somebody said somebody. how I know I'm clean. <laughs> somebody said that way. Yeah, how I know I'm clean. Um, The blood. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't last. So. No, I am. I am. I am healed. Um, I... I actually uh, stopped experiencing symptoms uh, before the 14 days because God is a healer. But then I waited an additional seven days to even have any contact with anybody. And it really, truly has been like a whole month. 
Um, and it's I've been um, COVID free. Is that what they call it? Coronavirus free um, for, uh, I want to say, at least 20, 21 days now. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm clean. Don't worry. I'm not going to get your girl sick. Amen. Um, I'm good. The blood of Jesus uh, definitely healed me. Um, definitely wash me. I, I feel so much better. And it's crazy to, to even think about the fact that people died in this. Um, people didn't make it. Um, some friends of mine, some family members did not make it. Um, so I thank God for sparing my life, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I don't want to get happy. I didn't on even your, see that. I don't want to get happy on your I didn't podcast. Even see that question and I still don't, but okay. Um, AI is the X method. Yes, ma'am. Yes, the X method. I never heard of that, but that's dope. It's a good method telling you to bless you. So, um, do anybody have any more questions that they want to ask our guests before we get up out of here? Y'all can ask me anything. I'm I'm open to any questions as it concerns silent killer, as it concerns sexual assault molestation, as it concerns mind games. You can even ask um, about the generational curses. What do you like? Whatever questions you have for her, yep. you can go ahead and ask. Um, ask me about the Bible. That's my favorite topic. Ask her about. <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah, I just said, "What's the C again in the X method?" Confession. Confess. The C is confession. So we got acknowledging and admiring God. That's the A. The C is confession. The T is thanksgiving. The S is supplication. That is the X method. It's my favorite prayer method. I know we all got our prayer methods, but that one is the simplest and the easiest to remember. And it's the thing. Sometimes we we get we get to a place where we think our prayers have to be long. Your prayer can be short as long as it's effective. Yep. Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous. It never said it had to be ten minutes. Didn't say it had to be thirty minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. So that looks like that is all the questions that we have for today. Um, I definitely want to promote a couple people. So my elder just dropped a bomb album called Fire Fall. It's a single. Oh, single. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was a single. And um, it's uh, Takira Milton, Fire Fall. Yes. Y'all need to be on the lookout for that. because, Well, y'all need to actually grab it. It's, it's available right. on all outlets. All outlets, you can get them. And then also, I want to give a shout out to Tracy. She has a brand called Millie Girl. So she has shirts for $25. So Millie go ahead Girl. and um, support her. I would definitely put it in the comments. And also, guess what, y'all? The Generation of Curse Breakers, we got some more shirts. I'm going New to pick them up after this. So we got these shirts. And then we also have more jackets. So my uncle, shout out to my uncle Timmy, Bishop Timothy Pleasant. He bought the first leather jacket. So I can't wait to see. I can't wait wow. till y'all see this leather jacket. It's so fat. So if y'all need t-shirts, y'all need anything, y'all could definitely inbox me. Um, Mercedes has a prophetic dance group that I am a part of. Imagery. Shout out to Imagery, bro. Imagery. Once this quarantine is over, be on the lookout for depictions. Cause baby, we 2020. Finna we finna minister. I hope y'all ready. Let's go. And also, she has t-shirts also, so I don't know why she ain't saying nothing right now. So Mercedes is gonna tell you about accents and her t-shirts. Accents. Accents is a brand that is specifically designed for ministers of movement. Um, everybody has their shirts. Everybody has their clothing line except the ministers of movement. They just give us garments and think, think we okay. But when we show up to the event, we got to come in style. Amen. Um, so I have some shirts uh, by Accents. All you, all you have to do is go onto my Instagram page and click on the link in my bio and you will have full access to all of the shirts. Um, we have shirts that say hashtag for Miriam, because we understand that Miriam was the first prophetic dancer in the Bible. Yes. Um, we have a shirt that says passion plus praise, because sometimes your passion and your praise, when they come together, it's a collision. Um, we have shirts that say rhythm plus worship, because if you put a beat to worship, my God, you don't know what will happen. And then we have a shirt that says from my heart to my feet, because it's from your heart. Um, and as soon as it hits your feet, it then becomes a dance. Yes. 
Yes. So um, did I miss one? Um. Prophesy emotion. Prophesy emotion. emotion. Yes, we have. Yes, we have shirts that say prophesy emotion because this is exactly what we do. We prophesy emotion. Some prophesy by mouth. Some prophesy with instruments, but we prophesy in motion. And that is action, accents. That is the apparel. Generation of Curse Breakers, please get your shirts. I got mine, and I'm getting like five more. Um, so I recommend everybody, y'all. This is not just a this is not just a name on a shirt, um, but this is a statement a to every generation before us that refused to break the. That the generation of curse breakers is not for me. It's not to blast my name on it because it's a, it's a movement. It's yes, a it movement is. AIA. If it was my brand, it would say Anquanise on this shirt, but it's not. So <laughs> I want y'all to get this movement because it is a. Uh, first of all, let me say that we are an international podcast. And international. I, I can't believe it, but I thank y'all for sharing and commenting and going on there and listen, even like though. It has been a rough start to this. I really want to appreciate y'all for um, just tuning in and just supporting and getting t-shirts. I sold out of t-shirts in 24 hours. Craziest thing ever. And I'm just happy that um, everybody is getting something from this and everybody is learning something from this. And it is not for me. This is for us as a whole, not just the black community. We also are here for the white community, the Hispanic, any community. We are going in and we are breaking those generational curses. So this is a movement. Bondage does not have a race. It does not. Bondage does not have a race. Bondage does not have a race. Put that on the (laughs) t-shirt. <laughs> so I want to thank y'all. I love y'all so much for supporting. If you have any more questions, you can go ahead and comment. And um that is all today. So next month we have a huge, huge podcast coming that is gonna be two parts to it, like the silent killer. Um, so this is going to be called What is Religion? We will have somebody that is an atheist. We will have somebody that is a Catholic. We will have somebody that is a Christian. And we will have somebody that is a Muslim. Come on. And we're going to sit down and have a conversation. I'm excited. Can I sit in on that? I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. We are going to have a conversation about this thing because I honestly believe that during this time, God is calling everybody as one. All back. Yes, he is. He's turning the hearts of all nations back Back to him. Literally, he is. I am excited. Excited about that one because I just can't wait to sit in the room with these wonderful men and women. So be in, be what what I'm trying to say. Tune in, tune in, (laughs) tune in, and be on the lookout for that. Thank y'all so much. Bye. We love you guys. Bye.